The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. And welcome to the latest live episode of Wrestling with Jonas. It's episode 316, ladies and gentlemen. So a big hell yeah from me. Uh, but today I've got one of the most entertaining characters on the UK indie scene. Uh, he's the last great swinger of the squared circle, the big sex machine, sex on canvas, the wet dream, the Flynn daddy, Flynn Burden. Flynn Burden, great to have you on the show. How, how, where are you? Uh, Hello. Are you there? I'm here. I made an entrance. Ah, so uh, great to see you, Flynn. Uh, how are you doing? Um, and uh, yeah, great to have you on the Wrestling Majonis podcast. Uh, episode Thank 316, you very much. no less. It is. Uh, it is number 316. Um, a name, a number that's like synonymous with myself, obviously. Um, whenever you hear 316, you think the Flynn daddy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, previous guests that we've had on the Wrestling with Jonas podcast uh, in the month of, where are we? August. Uh, and I forget that I took the first couple of weeks off uh, to uh, relax, enjoy my birthday, enjoy my anniversary. Uh, but just in the last couple of weeks, we've had Episode one, uh, sorry, episode five, part one, and episode five, part two of my Legends Masterclass series with Lee Bamber. Uh, and then, of course, KM Lane came onto the show, followed by Tony Sin. And last week, I had the OJMO, Michael Oku, the current Rev Pro, undisputed British heavyweight champion, came onto the show. Fantastic interview. We went 95 minutes, uh, one of my favorite interviews of the year. Um, up and coming interviews include. Francesca, Francesca Oliver will be joining me uh, on Thursday, Thursday the 29th. Uh, that might even be a Tuesday, to be honest with you. But uh, next week, Francesca will be my special guest live on Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, and of course, we've got this guy here, um, the Flynn Daddy. And uh, welcome to the show. And I'm going to start by asking you all about um, this one here. Southwest Wrestling, Lake Fest. I know for a fact it's one of your uh, favourite shows of the year. Um, but uh, uh, say we are about a week or so removed from uh, three days of SWW at Lakefest. Uh, how was that for you, sir? It's pretty darn good. Lakefest is like the big blowout of the summer. Um, I shared a tent with Big Jim Diehard. Uh, we bought an eight-man tent uh, for £50. Had a massive living room in the middle, or as the advert called it, the panoramic room. Um, it was pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. And um, tell us a bit about, because you, I'm guessing you're a music fan. You like the festival scene. Um, and to have wrestling there as well creates a very unique uh, atmosphere for the music goers, probably not expecting to see wrestling there. Uh, what was the atmosphere like, and especially during the matches in the tent with SWW there uh, live at Lakefest? Uh, they love the wrestling there. Uh, I know it's, it is primarily a music festival, but they absolutely love the wrestling. Um, we had, I think on the first day of the first show, it was like nearly a thousand people or over. Um, wow. Crammed into this tent, which was pretty awesome. Um, and I had a massive Let's Get Sexy chant going, which was pretty fun. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And speaking of let's let's get sexy, and uh, we were getting sexy on Friday at the Frog and Fiddle in Cheltenham. Always. And uh, your match, this big hoss fight, uh, Flynn Burden against Will Cruz. Um, and uh, let's say a very intimate but very rowdy atmosphere of the Frog and Fiddle. Always fun when Southwest Wrestling come to town um, and uh, Cheltenham, one of their kind of hometowns, you could say. Um, and there you were. After the match, there relaxing, just <laughs> chilling, looking all sexy, of course. Um, but that was a big hoss fight between two big boys. Um, and the fans really enjoyed that. They were getting into the charts and getting into the action and getting into two big boys uh, having a wrestling match together in the Frog and Fiddle. You could call it a butcher's because it was filled with meat. Um, it was a great match. I really enjoyed that one, actually. Um, yeah, no, Will Cruz is a great opponent. Um, big dude. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> no, but, Will Cruz was brilliant. He was yeah. the crowd was great. It was unbearably hot in there as well, and they were hot <laughs> the entire night. Like they were up for the entire show um, from start to finish. So how they didn't all just like perish, you know, in that room, I don't know because it was a very, very humid, hot, sultry night of wrestling. It certainly was. Um, but to, for anybody watching live at home, um, I think we might be having trouble streaming to Facebook, but that, that's their issue. So hopefully you're watching us on uh, Twitch and YouTube. But we are live uh, with the Flynn Daddy, Flynn Burden. And if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do. Uh, simply ping us through your questions using your chosen device. And we'll do our very best over the course of the next hour or however long this interview goes for to bring up every single question uh, live on air. But th there were plenty of charts, weren't there? And uh, let's get sexy. Even Will Cruz was getting in on the Let's Get Sexy Act. Um, and maybe it, once it gets sexy in there, you can't you can't help yourself. Oh, absolutely! It, it yeah. takes it takes over uh, when the Flynn Daddy walks out. Everyone's feeling it. Everyone's looking at me, and they're like, "I want a piece of that." Absolutely. Sticking with the Frog and Fiddle and Cheltenham, and like I say, it's one of uh, Southwest Wrestling's uh, home, of course, and uh, it's also where you made your return to SWW earlier this year, uh, back in April, April the 14th, if my date's all right, there we go at the bottom of the screen there, in a triple threat hardcore match, dare I say, against uh, Wesker and Kurt Rain and yourself there, um, all three of you, well, maybe you looking quite sexy, I'm not sure about Wesker anyway, but uh, a fun way to make your and in front of that rowdy audience um, and a great return for yourself and a main event win. Tell me about it. Uh, no, that was a great fun one. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be any kind of hardcore in that one at all. Um, I had a couple of ideas because it is like ODQ because it's triple threat. Um, but yeah, and I just kind of come in and I thought, uh, let's make this fun. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be the main event either. Um, we got put into the main event for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but we main evented that one, uh, and it was a really, really fun match um, to return to, um, and in a place I've always wanted to wrestle because I've never wrestled in the Frog before, um, and I've been wanting to wrestle in there since uh, like the days of Attack when they were there. Yeah, um, it's always been such a cool little venue and really like niche and underground, and uh, yeah, to be able to get a chance to to lace up the boots there and uh, kick some ass was pretty fun. Let, let me ask you, I mean, I saw you a couple of days in Cheltenham. You appear to be certainly not in Cheltenham at the moment, Flynn. Tell us exactly where you are. No, I'm just off the south coast of the Bermuda Triangle at the moment. Um, just taking a little, you know, a bit of me time. 
Absolutely. Very much deserved. Um, but I mean, going back to this this uh, triple threat, hardcore match between yourself, Kurt Rain and Wesker. Um, and it was an unexpected hardcore match. And, uh, you know, devastating moves, uh, fighting around the ring, weapons were used. Um, but also uh, you won the match with daddy's chokeslam didn't you um but probably the probably the most vicious daddy's chokeslam of all time um and, and i'm going to play a video to demonstrate exactly why that was <laughs> There we go. Uh, Kurt Rain selling um, of that uh, body slam onto the pile of condoms. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the, the best sell job of 2023 for sure. But uh, that was a fun match and a, a fun match for you to make your return in. Um, and I think the, the, the fans at the Frog and Fiddle really appreciated that one. I, whenever any wrestler gets a cloth sack from underneath the ring, you automatically go to thumbtacks, maybe Lego. Um, you know, maybe Transformers or some uh, some toy with pokey edges. Never in my 30 plus years as a wrestling fan have I ever seen a bed of condoms used as a condom thumbtacks. Well, I tried to do something different. <laughs> you certainly did that, my friend. <laughs> I thought, I don't know, I just, I, it just came to me. It just fits with the Flynn Daddy. Um, and, you know, what's worse than getting slammed onto some Magnum condoms for my Magnum dong? <laughs> there we go Flynn Daddy of course uh, but um, going back to this past weekend and of course we spoke about your match with Will Cruz big Will Cruz uh, an impressive victory um, and then after well in fact earlier on in the night we saw Septic Sid Oakley open the show and uh, a win retaining his openweight championship against uh, the very impressive Shane Hooker uh, you were on a couple of matches later beat Will Cruz um, but uh, we did an interview together, didn't we? Upstairs. And uh, as always, uh, we always have some good fun uh, when it's uh, backstage. There was Septic Sid uh, doing all of his uh, usual shouting and ranting. And then there you are, as cool as a cucumber. Uh, but Septic Sid couldn't help but get in on the act, get in on your promo, especially when you happen to mention that you might have uh, an eye or two on his open weight championship. Tell us a little bit about that because you know Sid very well from uh, days gone by and it looks like your past could be crossing again, possibly as soon as uh, SWW's next show. Yeah, no, I've known uh, old Septic Sydney um, since oh, 2016. Um, I started when I started training. He was there. Um, so I've kind of come up with with Sid um 
throughout the uh my seven years wrestling now um and yeah so we've 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 traveled all over the place with each other and that and uh he's holding a belt that i fancy the look of absolutely absolutely and of course we alluded to it just a moment ago we are looking ahead to this and uh, some pretty sweet graphics i've got to say we'll talk a bit more about them a bit later on but two shows in one day from southwest wrestling of course the warriors division uh, will be the dusk um, and then the SWW division uh, or roster will be putting on the second show later on that afternoon, Saturday, the 28th of October from the Watson Hall, Tewkesbury, a venue that uh, SWW are very familiar with. And uh, you'll see the biggest and the best SWW Southwest wrestling stars uh, there amongst them two shows. So tickets are on sale already. Uh, there you are uh, kind of front and center on the poster for part two, of course. Um, so, uh, do you think that um, the, the the bookers, the matchmakers, the people in charge, um, especially after the promo exchange and the face to face and the nose to nose that the two of you had on Friday night, um, the open weight championship, um, it would look pretty good around your waist, wouldn't it, Flynn? It definitely would. Um, silver um, around my my stomach uh, would look quite nice. Uh, it makes my eyes pop. It's what they call me, old brown eyes. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want a little bit of silver gold uh, or gold silver, whatever, however you put it. Just a belt, basically, would be looking uh, pretty darn good to hold my my big trunks up. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that, no doubt, during the course of this interview. But I want to touch on uh, the Flynn Daddy and the Flynn Bird and kind of persona, character, and they will say that a good gimmick is an extension of the person's, uh, the real person's character and personality. Turned up to 11, as they always say. But uh, let's let's have a closer look at Flynn Burden and Flynn Daddy. And I do have another little video just to demonstrate what Flynn Daddy is all about. They call me a lot of names. I go by the Flynn Daddy, Sex on Canvas. The last great swinger of the squared circle, the international sex symbol. There'll be a lot of names. You can call me Flynn, Flynn Burton. And uh, shout out to Spinebuster Media there for their awesome work and putting that yes. together. But I think that does kind of sum up in a nutshell, uh, well, you know, what Flynn Bird and what the Flynn Daddy is all about. But uh, one of the most captivating characters I've come across, certainly this year and in the last few years, I've got to know you a bit, a bit better this year. Um, and uh, you certainly kind of uh, smashed away uh, onto my radar and many others. Um, but uh, give us, uh, in your own words, how would you describe uh, sex on canvas, the, the the greatest was it the greatest swinger of a professional wrestler, or the last great swinger of uh, the squared circle? Uh, how would you sum up what Flynn Daddy is all about? Uh, Flynn Daddy is the the epitome of sex. You know, he is the, the Lothario of professional wrestling. There's a lot that have come around and said that they are the Flynn Daddy's the the be all end all. Um, he's out there to look good wrestle good, 
win and maybe pick up a few people or two. Absolutely. I think your character is is kind of in, in the wrong decade, to be honest with you. I think Flynn Daddy, if this was the 1970s or early 80s, then uh, they, they, to be honest with you, that wouldn't have made you unique because there was probably uh, a lot of characters similar to <laughs> Flynn Daddy 30 or 40 years ago. But what sort of give us some inspirations or some of the kind of uh, thought process behind the character that is Flynn Daddy. And I know we're going to talk about this during the course of this interview because there's been this whole journey, there's been this whole evolution uh, to where we are now. Um, but uh, give us a little bit of a flavour as far as what's inspired the character we have today in 2023. Well, there is a lot that inspires it, to be honest. There's a lot of different things and little kind of like nods to things and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, in terms of wrestling and that, I'm a huge dusty fan um and a lot of wrestlers from like terry gordy dr death um a lot of these old territory wrestlers and of wrestlers of yesteryear are a big inspiration for me along with kane and undertaker as well my favorites from my childhood um so there's a lot of uh, inspirations in terms of wrestling that i'm pulling from um in terms of the character i look a lot at um Will Ferrell's character Chaz Michael Michaels from Blades of Glory. Nice. Um, that's that's a huge huge one I think for it. Um, there's a lot of things from The Big Lebowski, some Soprano stuff in there. Um, there's a lot of different things I'm pulling from to kind of create this unique character. They say that uh, you know obviously if you're stealing from one source, it's plagiarism. But when you're stealing from several, you know that's just research. And that's a lot of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's I'm pulling from as many different things as I possibly can. Like I love film and television, and and for me, wrestling is is like a TV show. It that's playing out live in front of you, and it's it's creating those little moments and those little things that that can pull a crowd in and entertain them. Because the wrestling is obviously a huge part of it, and I want to be as good as a wrestler as I possibly can. But I think the character work for me personally is just as important. I love a character. I love a storyline. And I want to try and make one of the bigger, biggest characters out there um, and hopefully make a few promoters some money and, and have a lot of fun doing it as well. Absolutely. There's a bit of Magnum PI in there as well. Definitely Dusty. Um, actually, you just need to get this Tom Selleck moustache going. And, uh, you've I had there. a moustache at one point. I did have a moustache. Um <laughs> But I don't know if it suited me enough or not, so I uh, I grew the uh, the beard back in. But uh, and the money's coming out great as well. <laughs> it is. It's getting out. I'm I'm looking at more of like a, a Kenny Powers type thing. That's another inspiration for a lot of it as well. Kenny Powers from East Pound and Down. Nice. Um, so I recommend that show if nobody's watched that. Absolutely, but uh, and the other intriguing element with yourself, and uh, more so in the names of your moves but you've got an interesting move set um and uh, we're going to take a look at one or two of them now i must admit i did have to google what some of these names actually <laughs> meant and i'm kind of wishing that i hadn't don't google um, don't google people just take it take it as name value and and think it's funny <laughs> just leave it absolutely absolutely <laughs> and, and, and i can assure you it was only google that i went to to do my research um but sure, let's have sure a look. it was john let's i know what you was at looking at flynn's signature <laughs> moves here we go signature moves sex swing <laughs> Glory hole slam. 
choke me daddy. The good old Tokyo Sandblaster. But my main thing, just good old fashioned choke slam, baby. Nothing gets harder than daddy's choke slam. Yes, you you heard him right. The, the the sex swing, the glory hole slam, choke me, daddy. Uh, what's that one? The good old Tokyo Sandblaster. That's the one I had to Google and wish I hadn't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some unique moves, some unique names there. Um, dare I ask, where did you get what? how and why um and yes if you, if you kind of have a slightly more uh, uh, uh innocent nature you might want to kind of come back in about a minute or two but uh, explain <laughs> some of their moves explain some of their moves it was it's 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 more of just kind of my own enjoyment i think it's just the hilarity of it because it is stupid um you know i'm not gonna beat around the bush it is silly um but it's just having a bit of fun with stuff as well because you know, no one else is going to have that that name of a move. Um, so I wanted to kind of uh, make something a little bit different. That's going to be it's not exactly PG. I'm very well aware, and uh, I know a lot of um, wrestling promotions may not want to allude to the names of them, and that's not a problem by any stretch. Um, but I yeah, I just wanted to have a bit of fun with it and say again, I've pulled it from different things. I've spoken to different people and uh, kind of brainstormed different ideas, and it was like. What made us laugh the most would be the one that kind of uh, kind of won the battle, really, and got named. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask if you ever do the holiday camps, but uh, with with names like that, moves like that, they probably haven't invited <laughs> you yet. To be honest with you, I, don't I know, I, I I have I have been doing the holiday camps. Actually. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have, but you haven't been calling your uh, calling your moves. Oh no, 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 uh, no, no as no. loud as you would in the frog and fiddle. <laughs> Um, I want to I want to mention one individual that you know very very well, and uh, it is of course Buzzsaw Bronson, uh, former SWW um, heavyweight champion, of course, former tag team partner and tag team champion with yourself. Uh, you two have a long-standing friendship and also a long-standing rivalry. Um, and we'll we talk about your injury that kept you out through 2019 and 2020 very, very soon and, and all of that. But when you returned in 2021, uh, you were the boys, weren't you? Yourself, uh, yep. Buzzsaw Bronson. Um, uh, so, I mean, there was this kinship between the two of you, this brotherhood. Um, you two were very, very close at one point, weren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, best of friends and everything. It's uh, yeah, he's been um, a big inspiration for me in wrestling as uh, as the buzzard. Um, yeah, he uh, helped me a lot and helped me rehab a lot of my knee as well. Um, he got me kind of back in fighting shape and uh, really kind of opened my eyes as well to wrestling better. Um, whilst we couldn't wrestle. Um, mm. So that was a big, big, big ha uh, hand that uh, 
that he had for me there. Um, but yeah, no, we uh, we came back and we uh, formed the boys. Um, and uh, yeah, we had a good little run as a, as a tag team. We held the titles for about 10 minutes uh, <laughs> before we lost those quite quickly um, uh, because of uh, Pete Bainbridge in the house back in the day. Uh, in what was that, 20, 2021 now? So it would have been uh, oh, there yeah, you go. <laughs> this show here against the Billington Boys. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, like I say, you, you won the, was it the Tag Team Classic that night, which also earned yeah. you the Tag Team titles. Um, and uh, yeah, now you got attacked by the house. Um, and uh, they kind of, I think they, they, they put you down. Then there was, the, they, they effectively won the Tag Team titles uh, in an impromptu match where Bustle Bronson kind of had to defend the titles by himself. After losing the titles, I'm going to hand it over to you. What happened next? Yeah, so uh, we won the match. Uh, Bulldogs attacked me and uh, Buzzsaw. Um, they targeted my knee. Um, and then out comes the house very conveniently. Mm. Um, and then being friends with the commissioner, which is Pete Bainbridge, uh, they decided to, uh, yeah, um, strike while the iron was hot and take on Buzzsaw basically one on two and uh, beat him, uh, which led to Buzzsaw, I guess, having enough of the old Flynn. And uh, yeah, yeah, put me down. <laughs> yeah, what was once a fantastic friendship, um, like I say, ended uh, quite nastily. But oh, yeah. I mean, going back to this year, um, because we, we spoke about the Queen Isn't Dead, uh, April the 14th, your return show, that fantastic triple threat hardcore match. The very next day, the 15th, SWW um, and the crew were in Tewkesbury and Bronson was involved in, I think, a four-way number one contenders match, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think it involved, uh, let's see, JD Knight, uh, Toby St. John um, and one other, but the match also included Bronson. And, and partway... I think close to the end of the match, you came out, didn't you? I think you hadn't forgotten what happened um, at the end of 2021. Um, in your own words, tell us kind of what was the motivation behind what you did that day in Tewkesbury? Well, well, Buzzsaw took a, a friendship away from me. So mm -hmm. I was going to take back the championship that he wanted so badly, that chance to win that back away from him. Mm. Um, so I saw my opportunity, saw he was about to win. And just as he was that close to doing it, out comes daddy with his belt. There we go. And, uh, and uh, I came for him and chased him off and, uh, he didn't win the match. Toby St. John did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, that set up. So, uh, it, it, was, it was a triple header from Southwest wrestling, a very busy weekend, but the Sunday, Sunday, the 16th at the Trinity center in Bristol, we had our, Who's the Daddy match? Um, essentially a souped-up version of an I Quit match, you could say, Flynn Burden versus Buzzsaw Bronson. Now, I've got to say, I've watched this match back. I've provided commentary for this match, and it was hard to watch back. Uh, just some kind of clips from this match. Buzzsaw Bronson, he was merciless. He gave you a monstrous beating, Flynn. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not even sure if you were able to say the words I quit or anything like that because, uh, yeah, the, the beating was, yeah, hard to watch, um, dramatic. Yeah, the fans inside the Trinity Centre uh, were, were kind of watching the match through their fingers 
Um, but for yourself, I mean, take us back to, I don't know what you remember from that match because it took a while for you to recover. Uh, Gilligan Gordon, of course, the ring announcer helped you to your feet. Um, but that is a, a match that physically you probably won't ever forget, but mentally you probably won't ever forget either. Yeah, no, uh, well, the match was supposed to be a who's, da who's the daddy's match. And uh, then we got in the ring and it was suddenly an I quit match. Mm. Um, so that that kind of uh, was a bit of a curveball um, out the gate. Um, and yeah, no, uh, Buzzsaw used the low blow because I, I, I was on top of him at one point and uh, yeah, he used the low blow to get the better of me um, at some point in there and, that, and nobody hits daddy's dong. Um, and uh, yeah, so I went down like a sack of potatoes um and he uh well he, he everything from there was uh was all quite evident if you watch the match back it was german suplexes uh, a fiver driver and uh a bit of a ground and pound from the looks of it as well um 100% if you watch that back it was a uh, yeah but he he may have knocked me out but i didn't quit um and uh i wouldn't have quit if um if that match was, well, if I wasn't KO'd completely, you know, I'm not going to give yeah. him the satisfaction of uh, getting me to say those words. So, so, so here we are, like I say, once upon a time you were best friends, once upon a time you were, you were tag team champions, albeit for, for a short period of time, but it's in the, in the record books. He attacks you 2023. So we fast forward to now you, you have that I quit match or who's your daddy match. He leaves you lame. You don't say the words I quit. Where's your head at regarding if there is a next chapter between yourself and Bronson, if you even want another chapter between yourself and Buzzsaw Bronson, especially after what happened, what transpired during that match? Um, you know, th there's been bigger men than yourself that have turned down challenges like that and not wanted to go there ever again. But for yourself, where's your head at? Is there another chapter to be had between you and Bronson? Oh, there's 100% a chapter to happen there. Um, there's another chapter there. Hell, there might even be an epilogue. Who knows? Um, it needs to finish. It's the story and over. Um, I'm not letting it go, be over. Um, he'll be one of my greatest rivals, uh, one of my favourite opponents. And, uh, yeah, I'm not letting that be the, uh, the be-all, end-all of that story. I'm not letting it finish on that note, that's for sure. But yeah, a captivating story. Sometimes hard to watch story, but uh, looks like I can't wait to see what, what happens between yourself and Bustle Bronson. If there is another chapter down the line, you certainly seem to uh, want uh, a match to get your comeuppance. But uh, one of the last times that uh, I saw you was the following month, I think, in May. And it was a wonderful day. Uh, in Exmouth, the Exmouth Pavilion, uh, we all kind of visited the beach before this show, but there was this six-person tag, um, yourself, Kurt Rain, Little Legs, uh, Nick Kappa Murphy, by any other name, against Joey Seven, Josh Holly, and the aforementioned Sid Oakley. Now, this was a fun match, and uh, I've got to say, Little Legs, uh, one of your partners, uh, he pulled it out of the bag that day. And uh, that must have been a good seven feet up in the air that he came crashing down onto his opponent. But uh, a really fun show in front of the fans uh, at the Exmouth Pavilion. Um, I remember that show very, very fondly. Of course, it was Wrestleversary 3. And uh, you guys, um, two and a half men, came away with the victory. And I know after the match, uh, Josh Holly, Joey Seven, Sid Oakley, uh, they had a, a falling out, a bit of a spat 
Um, I don't think they'll be teaming together, uh, but a fun experience and a good win for yourself and your two or maybe one and a half partners. Yeah, no, that was a, a nice, fun little match there. Uh, I had a good time with that. It was my first time um, in the ring with Joey Seven and teaming with um, both Little Legs, uh, as I call him, the LP, um, little person. Um, and then you've got Kurt Rain as well. Uh, me and Kurt Rain obviously uh, got to know each other a bit uh, when I slammed him on the condoms. Um, so it was... Uh, but uh, Kurt Rain is a great partner as well. Um, had a lot of fun in that match. Um the first time I've teamed with Little Legs, as I said, and uh, we uh, we go way back as well from the house days as well. But he was uh, one of the people that helped uh, bring it down. He kind of uh, come to his senses in the end and uh, kneecapped Pete Bainbridge for setting up for a nice little choke slam. Absolutely, and uh, I mean there, there's a couple of you know, uh, elements here that kind of ties us to more recent times because, of course, one of your opponents on the opposite side of the ring was Sid Oakley, um, yes. and uh, obviously that you know there's a little bit of a thread there. There's a little bit of a thread there that gets us to where we are now for sure. Um, but uh, and I know that Joey Seven and uh, Josh Holly weren't happy uh, that they'd lost the match. So I think whoever ends up with this open weight championship somewhere down the line. Uh, you could have a few other people knocking at your door. Um, if it's not you, it's going to be Sid Oakley. But uh, yeah, there, there's some natural contenders lining up around the block here. But uh, Joey Seven in particular impressed me uh, when I saw him that weekend. A big dude, isn't he? A really big jacked up dude. Oh, yeah. No, he's a big, big guy. And uh, no, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, are, you know, that are going to want that open weight championship. And at oh, the end yeah. of the day, it's an open weight championship. So any weight class... And enter into a match for that title, but that's what it should be. It's an open championship, so come one, come all is yeah. what I say with that belt, and that's how it should be. But in the moment, Oakley's got his little uh, stranglehold on it, and uh, seems to be just defending it here and there, whereas it should be defended all the time. Absolutely, we have had some questions that have come through, and uh, I, I do oh, have God. in mind. Yeah, I do have in mind a couple of spots where I'm going to bring them up because some uh, involve some of your your earlier efforts, which we'll talk about very very soon. Take us back though. I mean, you mentioned about some of the inspirations behind the character. Uh, you've mentioned the likes of uh, you know Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, um, and uh, American how, Dream, how he has influenced your character, your persona. But take us back to your wrestling kind of fandom days and how you first discovered professional wrestling, how professional wrestling first discovered you, what drew you in and what captivated you back in the early days? Well, the first match I ever watched was uh, the pink slip on a pole match between Mankind and The Rock. With, uh, wow, I the, forgot uh, that one existed. Yeah, with uh, ah. the McMahon-Helmsley uh, regime stood on the ramp watching it unfold. And I remember that was the first uh, glimpse of wrestling I ever had, and I think basically instantly from there I was hooked. It was, it was just the the, the pageantry with it, the the storyline, and how much they made you care. And I think that was the the key thing. It just kind of instantly pulled me. Like that's the great thing with wrestling because I don't care whether you like wrestling or you don't. You come to a show and you watch it, you're going to get pulled in, drawn in, <clears throat> and. If you don't, then you're just, you're a robot. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what pulled me in straight away. And from there on, I was watching people like Too Cool, Rikishi, um, all these big fun characters. And then then Kane appeared and then Undertaker returned. 
because it was what 99 I think I started watching. So Taker was wow. out at that point with his injury. So he didn't come back until it was the American Badass. Um, so he came back. Uh, then, yeah, the Hardy Boys were a big, uh, I was big fans of them when I was little as well. And uh, I think, but yeah, it wasn't until the last five or well, seven, five years and that it was, uh, I've discovered all these old legends of like Ric Flair. I love Ric Flair. He is my spirit animal. Um, that man is it's just comical gold. Um, you do a pretty you... mean Ric Flair impression. And I, I kind of pop when I heard this backstage at the Frog and Fiddle, ladies and gents, and I, I, cause he is one of my legit heroes. And I got to meet him in 2018 when I took my one and only trip to America and saw uh, WrestleMania, whatever it would have been back then, 34. And I uh, got a, a ticket at WrestleCon, especially to see him. Um, but I think even your impression of the nature boy even outdoes the nature boy. <laughs> no, uh, no, I love Rick Flack. I do. I could do that impression all day. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people in wrestling that are absolutely sick of it. I'm, I'm waiting. I waited. Um, I queued you. You're waiting for it. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Um, okay. Okay. Just trying to think which which quote to go with. Um, hold on. Let's take a white Russian. All right. I'll just do the one of the most popular ones. I guess. So. When you go around telling everybody you're number one. The way to be number one is to stay number one. That's it. It's the only title in the wrestling world. It's dead. Then you are number one. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. And next time I see you, I'm going to get your full repertoire for sure. But uh, thank you so much for that. You've made my day doing that. It was um, actually Sid Oakley that put me onto that. I will say that. Right. He, uh, he does a pretty good Ric Flair as well. Oh, wow. Um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know how to do that impression. <laughs> we'll have to see Sid Oakley. And, well, this could be part of the storyline. This could be part of the build to the Openweight Championship. It may be a yeah. woo-off. I've seen that done before. Or uh, something it should just be a, a, full, a full nature-off. Yeah. A full, a full nature-off. Nature off. That's what it should be. That's, that should be the whole match. It's just <laughs> who can do the best Ric Flair. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. How did your wrestling fandom kind of develop or evolve and off the back of that, when did you first come across uh, the Indies, or more specifically UK Indies? Well, so how did I get onto that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I was. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I didn't really know what to do. I know I always wanted to do wrestling. Like whenever I was asked when I was younger, do you want to be like? What do you want to do? You're like they say you're going to be either comedian or an actor or something like that. And I always used to say, no, I'm going to be a wrestler, but. The thought of where I was going to go with that, um, I, or how I'd even get into that, was it felt to me like I had to go to America to do it. Right. And then I discovered um, through a friend of a friend that um, there's actually training schools in the UK. Sure. Um, and uh, so I found a wrestling school, uh, Pro Evolution, uh, or it's Evolution now, I believe. Um, in Gloucester, started training there. And uh, I think from the first moment I went there, I was I was hooked. And I think most wrestlers will say this to you, that wrestling is like a, like a drug that you just can't kick. That's why you see every single wrestler that said, I'm, a, I'm retiring, they always end up back. Like it's, it, it's something that is on my mind day in, day out. I'm always thinking of something and what could be the next thing that I can do? Um, how What's the next thing that's going to, entertain someone what can i do to do this and uh that is it's the first thing on my mind when i wake up 
and the first thing on my mind when I go to sleep, or the last thing on my mind when I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, so from that moment there, I found that, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. I started helping at shows. Um, I eventually, my, myself and Sid Oakley, we moved to Cardiff to train at uh, what was then Dragon Pro, which is now New Wave. Mm. Um, A great school. We started training. Absolutely fantastic school. Um, highly recommend it to anybody. Um, and, yeah, we that that was the, the history there. And it kind of – I started then helping out at Attack. I was helping out with 4FW, um, Chaos. Oh, God, I can't even think of it anymore. I was – a long list of different promotions I was helping out at and uh, was kind of seeing how it all kind of works and what's kind of, what, what are people doing? Like what's, what's these entertaining things? And I see a lot of the entertaining things that people love are all these big high flying moves. And I was like, well, my fat ass ain't going to do any of that. So I started looking at different ways of doing it and then asking as well, like how can I use my size and my kind of style to an effective um like degree um and i've always been told for a big guy i move quite fast um i still feel like i'm slow as shit but um <laughs> that's up to anybody else's mind but um yeah i was doing loads of different bits and bobs and um just trying out different things and it's it's taken a long time it, it's not something that happens overnight as most people tell you and uh, i feel like i'm starting to settle into something with what i'm doing now um, I'm having a lot of fun with what I'm doing now. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but a long journey. When, when we when we kind of think of Flynn Bird in 2023, we obviously you know think of uh, Flynn Daddy, uh, the last great swinger of the squared circle, uh, the big sex machine. But back in what 2016, 2017, when you were first breaking through, uh, we had this guy here, didn't we? And uh, oh, look at him. The, the lost boy, um, definitely a lot of intensity, a lot of anger there. Um, I'm not sure what was going through his head. Uh, certainly not white Russians sitting on the edge of the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. Um, hey, but uh, you kind living. of, what was the concept back then? And uh, like I say, we've spoken about larger than life stars, you know, like Dusty Rhodes, for example. Th that couldn't be further from Dusty Rhodes. Oh yeah, that was very far away. I was definitely looking more towards um, like Kane and Taker at this point, um, right? In terms of kind of like this, the style to a degree. I don't know. I felt a lot of the time I was back then, and it's not a knock at anyone at all or, or any style of wrestling, but I was trying to wrestle a lot more kind of like an indie wrestler, right? Um, and that's not a knock because people that do that are absolutely amazing and um i just don't think that's something that i do and i don't think it's something that worked for me specifically and i was trying to take a bit different then there's a lot of different things that i well stuff that i do there in that with that character that i still do now right um so i do i have brought a lot of that over as well but um i think overall it wasn't my kind of style and that but i think with the style that i do now they're Again, you look at the crowd that we had at the Frog and Fiddle on the past Friday, yeah. Southwest, which is an over-18s crowd, a very rowdy crowd. What I was doing there worked there, and I believe it has a place on every show to bring out something different. It's that different variety to a wrestling show. Um, but yeah, that kind of style there. Sorry, I've gone a bit off track of a tangent. No, today, yeah. carry on. Um, yeah, so 
that whole mindset for that character there was looking at like just depression and stuff, really. Um, looking at my own mental health um, and how can I work with that to make uh, a character. So the whole Lost Boy thing, a lot had a lot of people ask me, is like, oh, you're a vampire? Um, am I in Neverland? Um, and different things like that. So a lot of people didn't understand it, but I quite liked that they didn't understand it because that made the character have more motivation because no one understood him. So that's what the Lost Boy was in 20, what's 18 then? That's what that character was. Um, and it eventually evolved from that. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about the evolution. Um, we will talk about the Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get to that. I mean, around that same time period, I mean, and I spoke to a bit off air just for a bit of clarity, but some of the early matches that really, really jump out um and uh gonna bring up some some stills but there you are again as i'm guessing the lost boy in a match against splits splits mcpins um a former guest on the show and then a short while later against uh brendan white i'm sure he won't appreciate me bringing up that picture um, <laughs> but there you are again um but uh, i mean you you look ahead to 2023 what yourself uh, is doing what splits is doing what brendan has achieved and is doing um, it's kind of a bit of a, a full circle moment there. Um, but to, to, you couldn't get to kind of find a professional wrestlers to have some of your earlier matches with. Oh yeah. I was very lucky and very grateful, um, being able to work both splits and Brendan, um, two wrestlers. I, I think absolutely phenomenal and they just keep getting better with every passing month. Um, there's, there's no end to their potential. Um, again, well, they've, they've reached such a high potential. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? Like that's not not <laughs> trying to say like they're well, they're, they're doing good. Those kids, they're doing great. Um, <laughs> I'm no, sure they're uh, still room for improvement, but they they are. But you know, as everybody uh, as everybody <laughs> should, they should never be quite satisfied. Totally. I think, but it's that. Do you know what I mean? Back then they were brilliant, and you look at them now, and it's just like Jesus. Like they're just flying, and uh, I was very lucky to get um, those matches with them very early on in my start with wrestling. Um, and yeah, I, my, that match I had with splits um, was always a special one for me because uh, um, I, I remember having that match. I was really chuffed with it afterwards. And uh, I, I always remember it because Hitch came back. Um, so um, while Boar, Mike Hitchman, yeah. he came back and actually gave me a hug straight afterwards. He was there waiting for me as I came through the curtain. And that was always saying that would always uh, kind of stay with me. And that because that was a really nice, like, that was a very big like, a thank you for from. For me for to hitch really because yeah. that was uh that gave me a lot of um push and drive to keep going absolutely uh, and sticking with 2018 obviously we spoke about your two matches there we were splits and with uh brendan um another character that kind of jumps out of the, the record book certainly one of your fiercest opponents from that era and that's of course uh big grizzly another kind of big guy intimidating figure jacked um solid and uh some some kind of screenshots from uh from from the aforementioned match um but was that also the match where you suffered your kind of debilitating injury flynn that was the last match before i got really? injured that final match with big grizzly at the end of 2018 um yeah i i owe a lot to big grizz for my career because he gave me a lot of knowledge and you know have working a bigger dude yeah he really helped me and was consistently trying to put me over 
and and make make me feel like I was like one of the next top stars around. Um, he really just completely selfless and trying to help me. Uh, I can't thank him enough really for everything that he's done. Um, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I just love Chris. I hope he comes back um, to wrestling. Um, and that he's a very, very good person. I know that much for sure. Yeah. He's been absolutely lovely to me and very supportive to me all the way through my years of wrestling. Um, and I've got a lot of love for Big Grizz. Um, very, very lovely, lovely bloke. Absolutely. And you, you, as you touched on it, you had a, a series of matches with uh, Big Grizzly through the latter half of uh, 2018. Um, and then you, you suffered the injury. Now, I'll ask you to kind of talk a bit about yeah. the injury in a moment now. I mean, uh, I, I could have brought up more graphic pictures, <laughs> um, but I'm a little bit squeamish. There's yourself there. Um, oh, you should have got the, the picture hospital. of my knee. My knee yeah, looked that's like the, the picture I man. didn't want to bring up. That's the picture I didn't <laughs> want to bring up because uh, I'm I'm squeamish. I don't know about my audience, um, but that was a, a, a really kind of serious injury. I, I described it as yeah. debilitating, but it kept you out for a long time. Um, and uh, I mean, where was your head at when you first of all? So realized that you'd suffered such a serious injury and then kind of the recovery was there doubting there that you'd ever get back into the ring yeah so i was um yeah i was in london at the time um i was in london with sierra loxton um bishop and uh one of sierra's friends and um yeah i uh i did a move that i i i thought i i it's probably been done but it felt like I'd come up, I'd not seen it anywhere. And I thought it was really cool. And uh, I was stepping up onto the second turnbuckle, pushing myself up as high as I can and coming down and hitting someone. Right. I never realized the entire time I was doing it, I was landing on my left leg solely. Right. And I had tendonitis in my left knee. Um, and I've had that, or I'd had that for God, over 10 years at that point. And um, yeah, that day I just started falling. I never orders going into slow motion. It was like a dream sequence or something. And I um I just started, yeah, I just started falling down. I was like, why am I falling? I never normally fall when I do this. I was having this whole conversation with myself in my head at this time. Hmm. And then I was like, oh, my knee feels like it's going backwards on itself. This isn't right. And then suddenly it all just sped up and I hit the ground. The referee came straight over to me and he was like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Tried to get up and my knee was like, it was, I had like a dead leg. Ow. And I managed to pull myself back up to my feet, go and tag some uh, my partner in. And I got onto the apron. I stood there for a, a, a little while and actually trying to regain my composure, thinking like, I was just there, I was going, you know, about five minutes left of this match. I can probably get through this. I, I, know, I know what I'm doing. I think I'll be all right. I was like, tag me in. Tag in. <laughs> Put my right leg through the ropes. And my knees went, <laughs> It wasn't happening. Yeah, the internal noise was like a lettuce being ripped in half, and I went down um, very quickly on the apron. Um, screamed at the top of my lungs, um, profanities, forgetting that I was at a family show at the time. Um, <laughs> one of my first things I well, the first thing I said when I got back through the curtain was like, "I'm so sorry for swearing." <laughs> it was like, "It's okay." <laughs> um, but yeah, I got carried backstage. They finished off the match, took me backstage. And I sat there for ages um, because Sierra had her match. And uh, also she wanted to sell some merch. 
So I was sat there. <laughs> I was sat there with my foot. <laughs> takes priority every time. She just left me there in the back with my like dead knee, um, sitting there with some ice on it, taking some ibuprofen. Um, everybody was really lovely. I was a bit of ibuprofen. I'll fix it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was sat there with my knee up. It felt like my knee was empty, like I'm touching it. It didn't feel like there's anything there. Um, and then I was, they was like, oh, we need to take you to the hospital. I was like, yeah, but take me to the one in Gloucester, so I'm closer to home. Um, so they folded me into this car, drove <laughs> <laughs> me all the way back to Gloucester <laughs> from London. And um, yeah, we, I sat there for ages. Um, Sid Oakley and Danny Luna both come and hung out with me um, for that entire... Um, evening, like early into the morning, um, was by the time I got a bed. That's when they left. I was like, I need some sleep now, guys. And um, Poor yeah, that's that. I know. Got uh, my knee was brown bread. Um, yeah, I found out they was telling me all these different things about what it could be, uh, whether it was meniscus, um, uh, whether it was ACL, MCL. They were saying I've got that, and I've chipped a bone as well. They said I was like, so a bit of everything. Um, and then another doctor came in and was like, no, you basically you've just torn your patella tendon like off the bone. That's why your kneecap is above your knee right now. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Um, and the next day, I remember I was, I woke up from this sleep. I was like drugged up. I woke up and uh, suddenly this like, like 10 different surgeons and their, and their cronies came walking in <laughs> through the curtain and surrounded me. Just started talking like I wasn't there. I said, like, what the hell is this? Um, and uh, they was like, yeah, so we're going to be doing this operation. Um, we're going to be doing that to, today at this time. Um, you need to get it done now. Um, and yeah, we're going to be just sorted that all out. And then they all left. And then one boat came just like quickly scurrying back in and drew an arrow on my knee. <laughs> it's like you forgot. And um, yeah, and then that was it. I went into surgery. Um had that all done the same day, and then I was out a good day or so later. And um, I was bed bound for three months and then waiting to recover, doing all my little rehabbies and uh, seeing what happens, really. And then uh, well, I think that was my first question after I I got, I found out what it was. I was like, legitimately, this isn't really saying this for the sake of a podcast. I said, can I wrestle again? <laughs> that was the first thing that was on my mind. Um I was like, if I couldn't wrestle again, I don't know what I'd do. I'd go literally go insane. I think. But yeah, yeah that was, so, that's, that's a story of my knee. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I'm guessing that you were kind of readying yourself for a return, either late 2019 or maybe early 2020. Uh, kind of, would I have the timeline about right there? Because of course, yeah, yeah. You know, about March. 2020 we had the pandemic so did your injury overlap into that to kind of uh prolong the amount of time you were out of action for or not being able to step into the ring have any matches uh or was you ready in yourself turn when the pandemic hit yeah so um towards the tail end was it the tail end or summertime i think it's from the summertime onwards i was um doing hosting for southwest um, so it's been 2019 so i'm guessing so 2019, but it's about it was very shortly after I was able to kind of like walk okay. without crutches again. I was still walking like a like I had no like a dead leg or something, um, and uh, yeah, I was I was struggling to walk around properly. So I I was hosting, but I would never get in the ring for a spell. I couldn't I physically couldn't get in the ring 
And I was quite cautious about what I was doing with my knee to make sure that I didn't cause it any kind of grief, basically. So it made sure it recovered nicely as it should have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started doing that hosting there. And then uh, I ended up getting into a storyline with um, Pete Bainbridge. Um, but I will say this as well, just before um, a lot of love for Southwest Wrestling and Pete Bainbridge because they, yeah, they, they gave me a home to be in whilst being injured that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, you know, he gave me that that kind of place to be, um, that place to kind of be involved with wrestling and have a lot of fun and play around with stuff as well. Um, so he gave me a lot of um, opportunity there and uh, and an involvement within wrestling that I really desperately needed because I was legitimately going insane. Um mm. And yeah, so that got to the point where I went into a storyline with Pete and um it was like the ownership and, of SWW, wasn't it? You know, it, yes, it was. Yes. And uh you know, it's a proper like Ric Flair, Vince McMahon, I'm gonna own Monday Night Raw, I'm gonna take over. I'm the consortium. <laughs> and, he, was uh, <laughs> he was the man, he already had control. Um, but but like I say, this story was was gaining a bit of steam, gaining a bit of momentum. I think there were even matches was. advertised between the two of you. Yeah. Um little did you know what was about to happen when the world shut down and there was no more wrestling for nearly a year and a half. Um, so uh yeah, that kind of dare I say it kind of took the legs away from that. Um, but uh yeah, and then uh, tell us a bit about that because that sounds something you, you don't see every day on the British Indies. It's, it's, it sounds like the sort of thing you would see on the big American scene, uh, Flynn Bird and challenging for the ownership of SWW. Yeah, the the, the the whole thing with that was is Pete was throwing his weight around using like people like Buzzsaw Bronson and Eddie Ryan right. to do his dirty work and he was backing these people that were going to be the champions and he would make sure they had the belts and he had control over the company, them, the belt, the main belt and was just being a complete dictator um, over the whole thing. And it's getting to that point where everyone was starting to turn on him and starting to get fed up with him. Um, and it got to a point, I think it was uh, Gillingham Gordon and uh, Simon Miller celebrating in the ring and out comes Pete giving a, saying that nobody cares about you guys. This is my show. It's ending with me. Um, and then he grabbed the mic off me and shoved me. And uh, I had grabbed the mic back off him and told him, um, you, he said, because he says, I'm the commissioner. I was like, you're not our commissioner. And then I punched him square in the face. And then from there, it kind of went from that. And it was um, the challenge, basically dethrone Pete, get rid of the, uh, it was like um, like a Mexican uprising in, uh, of a, of a dictator it was but with english people and uh yeah so that we kind of went from there so the whole point was yeah if i win i think uh I, well, if i won i was the new southwest commissioner um if he won i was gone from sww for good um but yeah the the pandy hit in 20 what 2019 2020 2020 yeah. sorry I'd, it feels like it was that long ago exactly um, yeah i think the last show uh, for Southwest at the time, that was building up to that story was uh, it was Wrestleversary, the very first one in mm. Stroud, and that was the last show. I think it was almost like the next day, the pandy hit, and it was like everything's closed down, get in a house. Um, so we did a contract signing on that show <laughs> for that match, and it never did come to fruition. Um, 
So that was, uh, yeah, that, that kind of story was uh, essentially, well, to a degree, scarpered anyway. It wasn't until we kind of came back, it started to kind of pick back up again. Yeah. And then, of course, when UK Wrestling did return, Southwest Wrestling returned, uh, that's when yourself and Bustle Bronson started teaming as the boys. You had your kind of feud with uh, with the house. We know what went down um, after winning the titles and then uh, Bustle Bronson attacking you. But um, an unlikely alliance, I I noticed, uh, was formed between yourself and Eddie Ryan. Uh, the English yeah. Lion, one half of the current Southwest Wrestling Tag Team Champions uh, with uh, Joel Redman, of course. Um, I, I called it an unlikely uh, alliance, but uh, obviously you, the two of you tagged um, in a number of matches for a length of time in SWW, I'm thinking 2022 now. Um, how was yeah. that? That's great fun. Eddie Ryan is an absolute legend. Um, together we formed the unofficial team name was The Manimals. Because um, nice. I had I like my that. mask, he had his mask, uh, and together we were the Manimals. Um, and uh, yeah, we we ta- he because he has his history with with Pete Bainbridge as well. Um, down the line, he sided with Pete, turned on turned back on Pete, realizing it was the the wrong horse to kind of back in that circumstance. And um, so he wanted Pete gone just as much like we didn't forget. So when it came around and it was time, we formed. We uh, challenged the house, and uh, it was then the what should have been, in theory, the third WrestleVersary, but it was the second because of delays, of course, uh, and the joyous pandy. Um, it was yeah, it was WrestleVersary two in Gloucester that me and uh, me and Eddie teamed up to take on four members of the house, which was Chris Bronson, Chris Adams, uh, Pete Bainbridge, and Little Legs, um, with some interference from from Big Al. L.A. Taylor, the legend herself. Um, yeah, so it was a big old long story that was spanning three, like three years. So it was uh, like two, three years, maybe more. Um, but uh, SWW, they do know how to tell a good story. They really, really do. Um, but uh, uh, speaking of telling a good story, and uh, you, you touched on it, you, we've spoken about it, um, but the evolution of you, the evolution of, of the character, the persona, uh, Flynn Bird. Now I've got some pictures, and, and maybe you kind of want to add a bit of uh, context to some of these pictures um, because uh, from some of the earlier Side days, the, yeah, the the Lost Boy, of course, um, and uh, like I say, the, the Find Me hashtag Find Me, the Lost Boy. So what 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 was that? Um, is, is it something you've touched on already? Is it because of your portrayal of this character? in line with, you know, the mental anguish that you'd probably been through personally? Is that kind of to do with that? Yeah, it was a lot of that. The, the whole find me thing was um, basically kind of like trying to get, like he didn't want to be alone and upset and sad and miserable. Like he wanted people to accept him. Mm. So that was the whole point in that find me was like, find the real me, find who I actually am and accept me. Yeah, that was the whole story behind that character, and I wanted that to um, kind of gain some traction. But then I got injured, so it kind of killed that off. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to bring up some more pictures here. Now I, I don't know whether these are uh, a direct follow-on from where we were, but um, I, I think that's you. I'm pretty sure yeah, that that's is, you with no hair um, and shaved uh, old head. Yeah, and and then we go from that 
to this. <laughs> um, you know, it's Clarence, what's going on there? Tell us about so, this guy. Yeah, my whole idea with this. Um, <laughs> so you saw the shaved head there, and uh, the, the, my, my plan. Oh, your plan with this? The whole idea was because I was legit. I felt like I was legitimately going insane when I was bed bound and injured, and um, I shaved my head because that my hair was getting on my tits at this time. Um, it was, as you can see in my that hospital picture, my hair was quite long and it was a very fringy. Um, and I just had enough. I couldn't go get a haircut, so I just I was like, I'm shaving it. Um, and I was trying to think of a way to kind of progress the character that I could enjoy and try and do something with whilst I'm recovering and kind of mm. come up with some ideas and kind of brainstorm some stuff. And uh, I was watching Castaway by <laughs> with Tom Hanks. Love that film. He has One of my favorites. Phenomenal film. Good old, yeah. It's a Tom Hanks film. You're never going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. And um, I remember watching that and going, oh, the Wilson thing, that's really good. He's going insane because I felt like I was really isolated and on my own. Like I didn't see many people at all during that time. I had the odd person that came and visited me, which was lovely. Um, but for the most part, I was sat around just on my own in bed, just like this is so boring. Um, and it just started getting a bit much after a while. And um, yeah, I watched that film and I was looking at that whole thing. I was like, I can't relate completely because he was like this bloke's on a desert island and I completely shut off. Like I had a TV at least. There were um, parallels there. There were definitely parallels. Do you see? There, there was some par some parallels. <laughs> and uh, I was there and I was like, that would be a good idea to do something with like a Wilson. Have something like that, or like Al Snow's head, for instance, as well. Yeah. Um, and I was led in bed. I was on morphine and tramadol. Um, <laughs> So I was, I was a bit spaced um, and I was trying to go to sleep and suddenly it just kind of hit me. I was like, my parents have a taxidermy fox head. <laughs> <laughs> and Clarence was born. And uh, yeah, I decided um, to go with that. There's another show that I was watching as well called The Last Man on Earth. And he did a, a take on... Um, cast away where he was like you wouldn't talk to a ball it's not a person and then like three months later he like he's in a bar and he's surrounded by all these different balls like volleyballs uh, soccer balls, American footballs <laughs> all these different things and he's got names for every single one of them and I just thought it was hilarious and I thought that's something I would like to do but I don't want to do the ball thing because again that's been done quite recently it was done in Castaway. I need to do my own thing I don't want to do a mannequin head Obviously, Al Snow is too obvious. So he's got that trademarked I, as well. You can't. You and can't it's exactly. Yeah, I've met Al Snow, lovely fella. Um, I drove around with him for three hours. That's a story as well. Nice. I tell you what, I asked him, "You actually insane?" Because you got the head, and he went, "Yeah." And then he went in to tell me a story, and I was like, "Oh, he is insane." Um, he told me the entire plot to Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> for sake, he went through the whole film. And we went, he said, oh, and he's like, pause for a second. Can we go through this uh, through, through this service station? I was like, yeah, sure. So we pulled off. And we continued talking all the walk in. We went to the toilet. He's there peeing in the urinal next to me. <laughs> still going on. Shakes, zips up, and then goes, so that's drop dead gorgeous. 
and then washes his hand and leaves. <laughs> I was, I was there. I was like, oh my God, what just happened? Amazing. And to think um, I once uh, tried to get him on as a guest, <laughs> it, would, it would still be going on now. <laughs> oh, he's great though. I, I, he was he was a really good uh, car partner, and that he was nice and chatty. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I so I trying to think of this thing. So the Clarence, the taxi Demi Fox had popped into my mind. I was like, I can have some fun with this. I can talk to it, pretend it's telling me things, and then people were like I didn't hear anything. When I was hosting, I'd host with Clarence as well, um, and I'd say, Clarence, what's the next match? And there'd be nothing, and then the match would begin. Um, so I was getting it like they let like Southwest. They let me try stuff out, um, and I thought it was funny. Some other people thought it was funny, but then me and Pete decided to turn this into a whole thing. So he kidnapped Clarence, <laughs> <laughs> and we, we got this taxidermy fox head over, and I don't know how because it was just ridiculous. Um, he stole it, but him and Big Jim Diehard stole it and cut potentially one of my favorite promos I've ever seen um, of how they've stole Clarence. Um, and then uh, I wasn't supposed to get it back for ages, but Pete accidentally dropped it and I got it back um, during like this like little segment. So I got that back. But um, yeah, so that was that one there. So that was that's that arc there. But And it looks like Clarence is having the time of his life there. I've got to say, it looks like exactly. he's living his best life. We, we look um, like one in a two of a kind there <laughs> absolutely absolutely but that's um, but the, to... the arc for that one there so it was this this lost boy and that's so where he's already in this mental state yeah he's now stuck completely isolated he's got no human interaction character wise he's got no human interaction he is isolated completely and he just loses it that's the arc some... that's the arc for those for those two let me bring there. up some more pictures because, I mean, from there we go to, to that um, and then a slightly more recent photo of yourself there. Uh, That's a prototype. What's going on with this guy here? And then, of yeah. course, we've got the, the finished form, the, uh, the the final form of Flynn Daddy, or maybe he's Sex on canvas. Form. There we go. But uh, that is a bit of a merry-go-round. And you talk about a, 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 yeah. a character arc. There was a, a few interesting characters there. Yes, yeah, so I think it went from so from the Clarence days in late 2019, um, going into the Pandy. So after Pete had taken Clarence and everything, it started to, and this match was going to happen. Yeah, the whole idea was the Lost Boys coming back. Um, you've done this stuff to me. You're bringing this kind of side back to me now. Mm. And that was the whole arc with that there. So he's, I started getting a little bit more serious and taking away the complete insanity. So it was all kind of bringing it back to more of a level-headedness. So it was more, I'm a wrestler again. Gotcha. Um, and then the pandy hit and I was like, okay, what am I doing? So then uh, myself and Buzzsaw started our own podcast called Boys in the Wood, uh, which is on a hiatus at the moment. It is still planned to come back. So a little plug there. Um it's just buzzsaw, and that is full on with the Welsh wrestling scene at the moment. Uh, he's absolutely killing it. I will say that, um, as you always would, because I will say this hands down: Buzzsaw Bronson is the best wrestler on the UK scene, in my Ooh, personal opinion. Nice. Put him on any any card, and I guarantee you have the match of the night. He's phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, a lot of love. Um, but you know, who am I? Um, but then. Um, yeah, so it went from 
from that that uh, that there to from to, with Buzzsaw um, to then having him turn on me, and then it kind of brings it back again. It's that little jolt back. I'm alone again. I had my friend. I found my friend, someone that understood me, and they betrayed me. So that's where the the mask comes in, where it's kind of like a bit of like a a, a Batman kind of thing, I guess, if you want mm. to put it that way. It was the the, the kind of like the conscience of Southwest um, righting any wrongs that were happening and fighting for the little person. So that kind of that 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 kind of like that sad person wanted to help people now. And they they've now once again experienced this, but now they're seeing all this other stuff cascade and these other people suffering. So he wanted to help. So that's where that lost boy, Flynn Burden, came in, um, which is the one that toppled Pete Bainbridge in the house. Um, and then from there, I had my my hiatus um, from wrestling from October up until April, um, just to kind of work on myself for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I, I I I went. You know what? I think he's, he 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 went out and he achieved what he wanted to achieve. This character. So now let's have some fun. Let's bring back the crazy Flynn. Let's bring back the the boys Flynn. Make this out amalgamation and just kind of then just play around with that. So I had a lot of brainstorming with it and like a lot of different ideas. And uh, it was actually Gilligan Gordon that gave me the Flynn Daddy idea um, at a Lake Fest in 2022. That's what he was calling me the whole weekend when I came out to the ring because he was hosting those shows. So every time I come out to the ring and it kind of went from there and um, uh, Big Jim Diehard booked me at the wrestling uh, in Coventry. Yeah. And um, he said, "If you, I, want you, I want you to come down, but I want you to be the Flynn Daddy. I want that. So it's working in that whole kind of way because I decided I was going to work this kind of character arc back in where it's kind of like he's achieved what he needed to. He's at peace. So I can now play around with some stuff and kind of work on it. And um, the picture you had there, the uh, the one before the mask, the one with the, the Ric Flair Wu-Tang uh, T-shirt on, that was like prototype Flynn Daddy um, until I kind of like played around with some ideas and kind of brainstormed some ideas with uh, with Gilligan Gordon and um, and a few other people. And that's where the Flynn Daddy kind of... There you go, double denim. The double denim formed, cowboy boots, braided braided belts, <laughs> and the orange glasses. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think we found... Uh, is this your favourite version of, uh, of Flynn Burden um, in the, like, having the last seven years? Yeah, I'm having yeah, a absolutely. lot of fun with this. Um, it's a lot more myself as well. Like, you know, like I said, all of my characters have been me. Um, but this one I, I feel is the most natural me, um, most comfortable. I'm having a lot of fun with what I'm doing in the ring, character-wise. Um, the crowd seems to be really enjoying it as well, which is really the best testament, I think, because you can do all the stuff in the ring. You can do everything you want, but it doesn't mean the crowd's going to care about you. If the crowd is actually kind of giving you like, the let's get sexy chance or mm. who's the daddy things like that. When they're just shouting at me, that's like, that's recognition is like, okay, they actually, they give a shit. They care about what I'm doing. Um, they care about my character. 
so that for me that's that's the most um rewarding part of wrestling is when the crowd cares about you enough because end of the day those guys are the people that are buying the tickets if they're not enjoying what you're doing then you aren't doing your job and i think that's the key thing i think as uh once the fans really care i think that's um that's the most of it and as long as you're doing well again i want to do well in the ring i want to put on a good match for people but um i think that's the the big the big thing for me is like knowing that the crowd care about what you're doing in there because yeah. again you want to give them the money's worth at the end of the day absolutely absolutely a question that came through earlier from a friend of the show richie and uh he's from these the south wales scene himself uh you he asked did you wrestle for attack before and would you like to return so i think you've answered the question that yes you uh, have wrestled for uh, attack uh, alongside dragon pro back in the day 2017, 2018, uh, and I think uh, some of the pictures we brought up earlier, you matches against Splits and uh, Brendan were in them kind of collab shows. Um, but uh, Attack, of course, famously made their return earlier on this year. They, they had a, uh, a, a double bill over WrestleMania weekend and uh, really do seem to be getting back to where they were a few years ago. Um, hot on the scene, do you think, is it a company you'd like to make an impression with once again in 2023? And see, with those shows they did back at, uh, back in like 2018, and everything they weren't fully fledged attack shows. No, um, so it was it was kind of like it was under the attack banner, but it wasn't like a full attack show. I had great fun on them, um, and I've always loved attack. Like that's always been um, one of my favorite places to go and watch. Like they are the weird and wonderful world of attack. It's the most fun promotion I've watched, and and the fans again. I love how loyal the fans are to that product. That's amazing. Um, and I'd love to go and work there, of course. If I, if I didn't want to go work at Attack, I'd be silly. But it's whether yeah. they'll have me. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, a little bit off topic because uh, I've displayed these two graphics in particular. Um, and obviously my last episode, 315, Michael Oku. And of course, my guest today, 316, uh, Flynn Daddy, Flynn Burden. Um, but uh, you are the man behind these designs. And uh, yes. uh, it was it the, 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 the Lost Designs. Uh, is that the name of your kind of graphics company or graphics arm? But uh, tell us a bit about that because I am a kind of a, 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 a wannabe graphic designer. I try my <laughs> very best. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got the likes of uh, um, Elliot out there and yourself and so many really, really talented graphic designers that kind of I aspire to be half as good at. As, but uh, the graphics you provided for these two episodes and in general, you do all the graphics for Southwest Wrestling as well, are pretty phenomenal, my friend. No, thank you very much. Um, no, graphic <laughs> designers, I, I completely fell into. I didn't never think I'd be doing it. Really? Um, yeah, I it was when I was injured. Um, we was looking at the the posters for Southwest, and I was trying to get somebody else to do it because <laughs> I had no knowledge. And um, I found an app on my phone. Um, I can't what's it called now. Um, it wasn't like a an Adobe app, like a Photoshop app or anything like that. It was some like knockoff piece of crap. Um, and I started kind of like doing the mocks. I was like, "This is what I we want from it." Like, this is what I was looking at here. So. Um, I sent that over and they they did it and it wasn't as good. And I was like, I'm going to do this myself because I actually quite enjoyed what I was doing that. And it kind of went from that. I was doing loads of stuff on my phone. Um, I thought they were the business. I look back on them now. They are awful. 
They are the worst designs I've ever seen. Um, and uh, yeah, I just kind of went from there. I went, I started building up. I bought a, a laptop, um, bought Photoshop and uh, Illustrator and the whole Adobe suite. Um, got absolutely just hooked doing it. I was doing it all the time. Um, so I, uh, I decided, um, you know, I'm going to go and do, I'm going to do this at uni. Um, I'm going to study this uh, and kind of learn the, the ways of the design world. Um, and I just graduated last month. Um, Congratulations. So oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's um, really cool. Yeah, so I was um, chuffed to bits with that. I'm uh, officially in a, a, a legit graphic designer, I guess, um, with a with a BA ons on my name now. Um, so, yeah, um, doing that now, um, I do a lot of freelance work, a lot of different places in wrestling, um, some really phenomenal promotions that uh, allow me to do their work for them and give me a lot of creative freedom, which is very trusting of them. Um, and uh, I have a lot of fun making stuff and making interesting things. I'm a huge fan of like 1980s posters um, and the old, the, a lot of those are illustrated, which I, I'm a terrible drawer and I, I do the worst stick man. So um I wouldn't trust myself to draw it, but I try and replicate that kind of style and and, and theme with uh, a lot of my designs because those are timeless designs, and I think that's what wrestling posters should be. Again, it's it's all the big theatre and and the film and everything from it, like the way you look at like different storylines in wrestling. So being able to portray a story through a poster and sell that, I think is the, is is a is a really fun aspect for me, and it's. Um, so you can have a lot of fun doing and uh, coming up with different ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through your, your socials in a minute, but uh, I neglected to put uh, the Lost Designs uh, socials on there. So for anybody interested in like, tapping you up for some artwork for uh, for some uh, match graphics or, uh, or, or anything else, uh, I'm sure you're a man of many talents. Where can they get in touch? Where can they tap you up for some uh, graph sweet graphic design similar to the one in the background there? Yeah, so um, I've got, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter for the uh, designs. So that's, all of them are exactly the same. So it's at Lost Designs underscore WB. Um, or you can email me, uh, which would be lost underscore designs at outlook.com. I don't have a proper email address yet, so forgive me. Um, but uh, I've also got uh, an online portfolio that I'm currently working on as well. Um, so that'll be coming out soon. Um, it's just taking me a while because I didn't realize actually how much work I've actually got <laughs> to put in there. So it's taken me a, a hot minute to kind of get through it all and pick out the stuff that I want to go in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to try and do the same for uh, for a lot of my stuff, but uh, <laughs> not not that they're anywhere near as good as your artwork, my friend. But uh, hey, before we wrap good, up, stuff. before we wrap up, let's talk once again about uh, this uh, from dusk till dawn. Uh, Saturday, the 28th of October, two shows in one day. You've got uh, the Warriors show featuring the very talented Warriors division um, and uh, followed by the main show, SWW in the afternoon. Um, but uh, very much looking forward to this. You're going to see the finest performers from Southwest Wrestling and from all around the UK. Um, I'm guessing that most, if not all, of the championships will be on the line. And, of course, we're... Uh, quite possibly likely to see yourself and maybe, maybe a certain Sid Oakley for that Openweight Championship. But uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'm sure you are as well, Finn. 
Yeah, uh, Cheeksbury is always a good fun show. Oh, um, yeah. Great crowd every time at Cheeksbury. Um, I have friends in Cheeksbury as well that come down and watch me, which is always lovely too. Um, but you look at you know the 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 war or the Warriors division, the women's division at Southwest, and there's some amazing, amazing women there. Like you've got La Taylor, who was the first ever Warriors champion there, who is absolutely amazing. I've you know seen her go from. I think she had her first match at Lake Fest, the very first Lake Fest we did um, back then. And uh, I think, again, like Pete looked at her and said, she's a star. And, uh, he's just gone straight away. He's, he's used her then ever since. And, um, and you know, he, he weren't lying. And because <laughs> she's absolutely phenomenal. I, I love uh, Big Al, as I call her, um, to a bit. She's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, You've got Charlie Morgan as well, who is just ridiculous. Uh, Danny Luna, who I start, I was again, well, she started before me, I believe, but um, we came up along a lot along together as well through from um, at Pro Evo up and up into Dragon Pro as well. And uh, well, Danny Luna well, speaks for herself, you know, former WWE she's yeah. TNA at the moment as well. She's absolutely killing it, and uh, it, yeah, I feel like uh, I don't know, just feel very, very proud of her, like. It's really nice to see somebody that you kind of started out with um, go on and to do amazing things. It's really kind of like wholesome and heartwarming. Um, yeah, that the, the show. Like I think after um, Friday at the Frog and Fiddle for the Money or Nothing show, um, how good that crowd was and how good that show was from top to bottom. I'm super excited to be back down at Southwest again um, in October. So the crowd's always absolutely phenomenal and they're absolutely lovely people as well. So I can't wait to uh, see them all again. Absolutely, absolutely. And just uh, a reminder that my uh, next guest and my final guest of the month of August will be uh, the lovely Francesca Oliver uh, joining me August the 29th. And uh, that is actually going to be next Tuesday. Um, so I think I mistakenly said Thursday at the beginning of the podcast, but Tuesday, the 29th of August, 8 p.m. as always, UK time. Um, and uh, I, mean, I think that would have been maybe a couple of days removed uh, following Francesca's probably biggest show to date because she'll be hosting an MC in Rev Pro's 11th anniversary show at the Copper Box um, on Saturday, this Saturday coming the 26th. Um, and so many amazing matches. And of course, one of my recent guests, Michael Oku, be de defending the undisputed uh, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship against Trent Seven to see if he can uh, reclaim the physical bout uh, on the road to uh, retaining his championship. But we were talking to Francesca, hot off the heels of that. Hot off the heels of uh, hosting many times at uh, Southwest Wrestling. And uh, yeah, like I say, can't wait to speak to Francesca. Um, but uh, for yourself, Mr. Burden, it's been uh, wonderful speaking to you on uh, uh, episode 316 of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, but for any of my viewers or listeners that want to get in touch, want to find out more about yourself, want to find out, about, find out more about the Flynn Daddy, um, where can they do so? Where can they reach out on social media? And if it helps, I've got it running along the bottom of the screen also. Yeah, so as it says along the little ticket tape at the bottom there, um, all my socials are nice and simple to follow. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I don't have an OnlyFans. Um, but hey, that's to come, isn't want... it? I know that's to if, come. If, if there's enough want for it, 
I'm open for business. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. And, uh, down below. Let us know you want it. <laughs> let me know what. Let me know what pictures you want. I'm on your case. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's all at Flynn's World PW. I think it says below my little namey thing there. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm all over the socials. Um, I try to be as active as possible. And if anybody sends me a message, I always like try and get in touch with somebody as well because it's always nice to hear from people. Um, but yeah, be careful with Fran though, John, because she is a chatty Cathy. Um, she is, uh, I've had to share a car with her before. Um, she was one of the first people, um, well, I was one of the first wrestlers, I think, on the scene that we met. I went and watched, um, it was myself, Gilligan Gordon, uh, Matt Lomax, uh, what the bruisers, yeah, and uh, and Fran, we all went down to watch one of the, I think it was the Rumble 2017. Wow, in Cardiff, and I thought Fran did not shut up, <laughs> she was. All night long it was. Uh, Fran is lovely. That one absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And uh, speaking of uh, your OnlyFans, we do start it. There's the, there's the first picture. There's, there's the I first picture what, at the top of the banner. If that, for sure. if that don't make big bucks, I don't know what is. Because I tell you, what, I, I'm aroused right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I arouse myself. <laughs> then we all are. So, we all are. 100%. I, exactly. I can tell, John, you're getting hot under the collar. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about merch because i must admit a little bit of an exclusive i've got the the latest wrestling with jonas t-shirt there that'll be coming out very very soon to celebrate five years of jonas uh but you you've had uh your your own range of pretty sweet t-shirts over time are they available to sell where can anybody get hold well, of a uh, I will daddy getting, t-shirt you are modeling one there. a flynn daddy right there if i just bring it up a little bit i'll bring it up mm. my nose right there um, so, so who's the daddy, Flynn daddy, sex on canvas with a white Russian and some glasses. Um, these aren't on sale currently. I haven't Ooh. actually had these made. I just made them for myself selfishly. Um, but I'm looking one. to I get, would. oh, thank you. Um, no, I'm looking to get some made up and, uh, get something sorted and a few other designs as well. Since let's get sexy, he's kind of, um, seems to be doing a, a good catching job on. at the moment. It's catching on, um, which is really nice. Uh, I might be getting some t-shirts done for that. Um, and some other stuff. Yeah, just uh, finding the, the money to do it. <laughs> there we go. But uh, the last great swinger of the squared circle, Flynn Daddy, Flynn Burden. It's been awesome having you on as a guest for episode uh, 316. Um, but uh, yeah, um, it's, it's been great seeing you on, on this show and great catching up with you at these shows. And uh, I'm sure we'll bump into each other around the corner. But uh, Flynn Burden, thank you very much for being a great guest. Thank you very much, Johnny boy. Keep it easy, keep it loose, and keep it sleazy. There we go.